What's going on, everybody? Nigel Marcellus here. Welcome to another episode of the interview series, you know, hosted by your favorite future late night talk show host or daytime. We don't know yet, but one day we'll figure it out. Until I get to that position, you already know, you're going to have to listen to me on my YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, podcast, all the things in between. But today we have a special, special guest. Before I even introduce this guest, I got to let y'all know, I got beef with her. We're going to get into it. But I got beef, and I need y'all to know her loyalties to certain things just don't align with me. But beyond that beef, she's absolutely amazing. She's doing a lot of great work, and she's truly an inspiration. So everybody meet Tatiana Sierra. How are you, ma'am? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to get into this beef we got because I'm ready for all the smoke, and I come with the smoke. So let's get into it. All right. <laughs> I'm going to just let you know right now, I am from Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. So I'm a diehard, diehard Patriots. Ah, uh, here we go. Bruins, <laughs> Red Sox. And I'm finding, like, I found out that you support the New York Giants. Why? Like, Period. And I'm a Yankee fan. What's up? Oh, my goodness. 27 rings. Talk to me nicely. Took two oh. rings away from Tom Brady. Talk to me nicely. Like, you have no legs to stand on right now. I hope you understand that. I just want yo, I just want you to know, we playing you this season, November 26th. And we're, okay. we're, we're going to beat y'all. Like, we... At home or away? Listen, it's how y'all's crib. I okay. care, <laughs> We coming for that. Yeah, we getting a dub off, y'all. I'm telling you. And okay, what's crazy, too? We'll see who's the offensive coordinator this year for the Pats first. I think that you need to worry about uh, who's calling plays out there, you know? Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to be honest with you. This is, like, one of the few seasons in a long time where I genuinely think we're going to end the bottom, like, the absolute bottom of our division, unless there's, like, something crazy that happens. Yeah, Looking at our schedule, I can tell you right now, it's a tough schedule. I mean, like, we have a very, very tough schedule. However, on my Charles Bartley shit, I guarantee we beat in the Giants. Like, we are not going to you know. So let's make this fun then. Like, let's put a bet on it. Like, you're talking mad smack right now. Like, I really want to see if you're going to put your money where your mouth is. All right, let's, what's the bet? All right, so, of course, I'm taking my Giants. Okay. Um, if the Giants beat the Patriots, then I need you to get me an NFL jersey of my choice. Let's get it. I got you. All right, cool. All so, right. Y'all heard it here. We got this bet. Now, when we win, and I, I'm, I'm very confident in this. I think we'll – by November, we yeah. usually play our best football. Likewise, I need I need a jersey. I need a nice, okay. nice okay. jersey. Okay. All right, cool. So, question though, if you guys do win, which won't happen, who are you picking as far as like your jersey? That's and that is the million dollar question, right? Because one, I'm not a Mac fan at all. All right, okay, let me, let me stop you right there. Okay, you gave it away as soon as you had to think about it. The fact that your quarterback wasn't the first person that came out of your mouth just shows me how much confidence you have in Mac Jones, which is also Don't. showing me that you shouldn't have much confidence in that game. Listen, it's more than the quarterback. Our defense is going to hold us down. All we got to – in my mind, it's going to be a low-scoring game. We just need we just need the right plays. But 
I'm not going to lie. It might have to be a custom jersey because the way the Patriots is looking, I don't see long longevity in a lot of different players right now. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to see. But, I mean, are you, you going to get a Saquon on Barkley? Is he going to play for y'all? Chill out. Just chill. <laughs> uh, that, that's a good topic right there. <laughs> um, So it's funny because, like, Saquon Barkley is the only player currently on the Giants roster that I have a jersey for. Um, so I think I'm gonna have to branch out and get like a Kayvon Thibodeau jersey. I'm mm-hmm. not 100% sold on my Jones either, so I'm not gonna go out and get a Danny Dimes jersey just yet. But depending on how the season goes, by that time, I'll either be getting a Danny Dimes one or I'll be getting a Kayvon Thibodeau. I think it's between those two for sure. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, right? What if Tom Brady jersey? What, what? Like, oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, I needed a new dish towel so I can just use the Tom Brady jersey Yo, as my new dish towel. Thank you. Nah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Just yeah. Nah, that's, cra- that's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Honestly, you should like, and this is like my personal opinion. You know what I mean? Just like, it's just, it's just coming from me. Honestly, like all your Giants and Yankees, throw that in there too. Like just get all the stuff you have and do a bonfire. And I feel like throwing that in the fire, you know, get some s'mores, you know what I mean? Get some crackers, have a couple mm-hmm. of drinks. I feel like that'd be actually like a cool vibe. It could be an event, you know what I mean? For everybody who's on well, the- Well, I'll, I'll get you an invitation. I'll send it, yeah. you know, I'm sure it'll get, it, it won't get lost in the mail or nothing like that, but I'll send you an invitation and, you know, you just RZP and you bring your Patriot stuff and we'll just make sure, we'll make an event for real. I'll bring, it, I'll bring an extra jersey so you can wear it as you're like, you know, burning all your, your giants. Oh, right, right. Because I got a yeah. bunch of jerseys. You know what I mean? I, I got a couple of the, the Brady, you know what I mean? The Chris Brady jerseys you can wear. Honestly, I think you should just bring the Red Sox ones. That'll that'll be enough to to maybe cause more wildfires than uh, Canada. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm going to change it. I want to change the bet. Okay. I want to change the bet. I feel like if the Patriots win... You don't have to buy me a jersey. I want you to buy a Patriots jersey and take a picture, making a caption of why the Patriots are the greatest team. Wow. That is really tough. That's that's a really tough ask right there. Because a lot um, of people gonna be on you. A lot of people gonna be on you. It might be it might make good content for my TikTok. So I'm not gonna say no. Um so it might be a good content idea, but the thought of it right now is just making me <laughs> real bad. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll come back to it. We'll come okay. back. <laughs> but in all honesty, though, like beyond the sports, how did you even get into, you know, loving sports, being in a career of sports? Like, how did that all come into fruition? Yeah. So um, I've always been a sports girl. Honestly, like I started playing sports in fourth grade, I think it was. Um, I played softball for eight years. I played volleyball for six years. I ran track. I played basketball. I did pretty much cheerleading. I did pretty much the whole nine, just trying to figure out what I like. Um, And softball was really like what stuck for me. And I grew up in New York. So around that time, you know, following softball slash baseball, that's how we come into play with the Yankees. And the Yankees were obviously the best team in baseball in those years, the early 2000s. And um, being in New York, it was kind of inevitable. Like I used to go to Yankee games with my dad Mm -hmm. and uh, 
that kind of stuck with me as a child. And then you bring on the other New York sports. That's how I became a Giants fan. And it's just interesting because like in different parts of New York, you're either like Mets and Jets or you're Yankees and Giants. That's really typically how it goes. So um, I think I I picked the better of the New York teams. So as of now, like now I'm a grown ass woman and I'm watching my childhood dreams um, come to real life. Like I grew up watching ESPN, grew up watching SportsCenter, grew up watching First Take. Um, so now to be closely intertwined with all those shows, it's it's crazy. I didn't think it would happen um, at the age that I'm at now. So I'm just really grateful. No, that's really amazing. One thing that like I, I found out kind of like just doing research and kind of learning about your story is how much time that you put in to get to where you are. Because I think a lot of times like people underestimate how how much work we put in to get to where we are. And sometimes we don't even get to like really acknowledge that. But I definitely wanted to give you your flowers because I read somewhere that you was doing like, you was taking multiple Ubers to multiple different internships to like navigate. <laughs> on top of that, you were missing out on like a lot of college game days, which if you go to a big D1 school, for those who don't know, I'm at UK um, and a PhD program, but I went to UK for my undergrad. When you go to a big D1 school, them football games is like fun. It's the place you go to, like, socialize, to meet, to turn up, to have a good time. And for you to, like, sacrifice all those moments, take all them Ubers to them different jobs just to get to where you are, like, it really speaks volume of, like, how amazing you are and how deserving you are of your position. Thank you. Yeah, I think that, especially now with Gen Z and the culture that we're in, a lot of people have overnight success, um, or at least what looks like overnight success. And for me, that's just never been the case. Like I've always had to hustle. Like it even started all the way back in middle school. I In middle school, I knew I wanted to be a journalist. Mm. So I was already doing the literary magazine club, you know, writing for whatever little sports clubs that we had around there. And then in high school, I became the editor in chief of the yearbook. So I was covering all the sports teams, um, writing articles, taking photos, getting those published, creating all different types of designs, angles. Um, and that started in high school. And then I just continued to carry on throughout college. Did uh, I went to the School of Media at UCF and I also studied the sports business. So I got to see more of just the media side, but um, just the way marketing runs when it comes to sports, the way gender, race um, and ethnicity uh, intertwines with sports. And just seeing how all that came into play, I knew that this was the area that I was always meant to be in. I'm very passionate about it. And I think that when you're passionate about your goals, all the stuff that you sacrifice, um, yeah, like you see your peers having so much fun and going to tailgates and going to homecoming parties. And after the homecoming game, I'm too tired to go to homecoming parties. Like <laughs> I've been working my ass off since 8 a.m. Like I'm not going to a party that's from 11 to 3 a.m. So I had to sacrifice a lot, but um, being where I am now, like a lot of my friends and family are super proud of me. Yeah, absolutely. Are you proud of yourself? Absolutely. I mean, I've seen myself go through the lowest of lows, um, especially with the pandemic, you know, like mm. my first year at ESPN, there was no sports. So um, that itself was a challenge. And also just on my personal life, that was my first time moving uh, to a state where I had no family, 
never been there before. I have no friends. I'm literally just coming there, just me. And when you throw in the pandemic into that as well, it's like you're really fighting all these battles by yourself. So knowing where I was in 2020, 2021, um, and having such a low point in my life, having to work back to that to where now it's 2023 and I feel myself thriving. I feel more comfortable. I feel happier. Um, I'm definitely proud of the work that I've done, not just on the court, but off the court as well. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I salute you because like, that's really not easy to do. And I feel like, again, like we often downplay making those moves for yourself, but like making that move to a completely different environment. You have no family around you, no friends. And it's the pandemic. Like, you literally like locked into your career. It was like, bam, bam, bam. Like, can I get a break? <laughs> <laughs> life be life for sure. And like for, for right. you to like do all that and still come out on top is like really amazing. But my question for you, like with that though, is how did you even like navigate that low or like dealing with those low points? Um, It was a lot, especially because I'm the kind of person where I don't like to ask for help. Like you ask my friends, my family, my coworkers, even like I like to do everything by myself. And if I can't get it done by myself, I feel like I'm failing. So I had to literally get out of my own head. And there were moments where I literally had to go to my friends and family and say, yo, I'm not doing OK today. I need some help. I need to pick me up. I need help with my mental. Um, that's a big thing, too, for our community, especially like black men they don't want to go out and get that help when it comes to their mental health. And that's something that I've always been in, um, an advocate for getting, making, taking care of your chickens. Right. So, um, in 2021, 2022, like I did just that, like I could see myself, uh, getting lost and just the movement of everything. And I had to sit down and say, yeah, you know what? It's time for me to lock in with my therapist. It's time for me to reach out and get the help that I needed. And thankfully I did that because when your mind isn't right, everything else can't really do what it needs to do or be where it needs to be. So that was number one overall. First of all, shout out therapy. Everybody, if you're listening, I definitely recommend you tapping into therapy. Therapy is life-changing. It absolutely changed, and sh changed my life, saved my life, done a lot for me. And the one thing that, like you said, that really stuck out to me is this idea of, like, not being able to ask for help. And it's funny because I'm, I'm just now starting to get into that place where I'm a lot more open to, like, receiving help. But I, I'm very similar in that way. Like, I'd much rather go through the mud, the storm, the tornado, and figure that shit out myself, then ask for help. And I realized like how much that affected me. And the one thing that like one of my friends said recently is like, it's crazy that for people like us who are like very empathetic and very compassionate and care about other people, it's easy for us to give away our love, but it's so right. much harder for us to accept the love that people are trying to give us. And I think being able to like really recognize the people who are genuinely there for you really does help with getting help but for you where did you where do you think like that struggle of not asking for help stems from um I think it could be in multiple things I mean I grew up I have two brothers but um I never li lived with them growing up so I grew up as like the only child 
So I guess that really, you feel that, right? Yo, only child right here. Come on now. Right. So I think that's where a lot of it came from. Um, I grew up, um, uh, my dad raised me as a single, as a single father. And then when I moved with my mom in Tampa for high school, she's also very independent herself. So I felt like there's just a lot of like independency that I started to build from a young age. And then as I got older, I was just like, you know, I've been doing this by myself for so long. Like I'm good. And then life, like you said, just starts life. And I'm like, wait a minute, send help. <laughs> SOS. No, no, I wasn't ready. No. I wasn't ready. Like I didn't ask for this. Like my mom and dad brought me in this world. Like I didn't even ask. <laughs> so, so it, um, so it definitely sounds like a young age and I'm happy, like I'm blessed to have such a good support group. Like I gave my support group so much love and honestly, everything that I do, um, I know it starts with myself, but it's mainly for them. It's for my parents. It's for my best friends who have seen me go through low phases and have been there to pick me up and be by my side. And like, I tell them all the time, like, I don't have everything I want and I don't have everything figured out just yet, but that that time will come. And when that time comes, I plan to pay back my best friend and my mom and my dad and my brothers and um, everyone who contributed, because I feel like you're only as good as your army around you. So I'm just blessed to be able to have some ride or die soldiers for sure. Yeah, no, I feel, I feel that in the bottom of my heart. Like I would not make it this far if it wasn't for the people in my life. Like I, that's a definitive fact. And it's crazy, too, because I'm definitely one of those people, especially like you get a few drinks of me. I'm like, yo, guys, I love y'all so much. <laughs> but I like I really mean it. And I, I try to tell my friends that. So my friends and my family, how much like I appreciate them, because exactly to your point, like there's so many moments in my life where. Honestly, like I couldn't even give the credit to myself because I not, didn't want to like keep going or I wanted to quit. I wanted to stop. I didn't believe in my own vision or my dreams. And it was like my support system was like, nah, hold on, keep going. Like, hey, we got right. you. We'll carry you to the finish line. And I think like, yeah, having those type of people in your life really makes a difference. For sure. 100%. Was, so, funny thing, right? On this podcast, and I told you, like, I just kind of started this one as far as like around February. I have this crazy trend of having a lot of people who have like an only child experience. And I'm just curious, like, what was it like for you growing up? Like, what was it like kind of like navigating that? Because I think a lot of people don't understand what the experience is versus what we perceive it to be. Because everybody's like, oh, you're spoiled and you're all this and that. But there's also that other side that people don't talk about. So, like, what was that like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll paint you a little picture. Um, so I grew up in New York. I was born and raised. And um, my mom and my dad got divorced when I was six. So my mom ended up moving to Florida and my dad raised me as a single father from the age of six to 14. So, um, and like my dad is hashtag girl dad. Like he took me to every single softball practice, would stay late. He would be there on the sidelines for every single game. I don't think my dad ever did miss a game, honestly. Um, so for me, it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of make, wanting to make my parents proud, wanting to make my dad proud. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some moments where I did feel like 
I don't have someone to talk to. I don't have someone to relate to. So that's why I always did rely heavily on my friend group and my best friends growing up because I didn't have a sister. Um, I had a brother, but my brother is also 10 years older than me. Mm. It's funny because I have two brothers, both on my dad's side. My older brother is about 10 years older than me. And my younger brother is 20 years younger than me. (laughs) So it's like... It's weird because now I'm kind of getting that middle child syndrome where it's just like, and it's like at the age of 27 where I got the middle child syndrome. So it's just weird navigation right now as far yeah. as like dynamics for me. Um, but with that being said, like it was mainly just me and my dad growing up and I saw how hard my dad worked. And that really is the key factor into what, uh, drove me to be so determined today because my dad was working in the city. We were living out in Long Island. So he was commuting to the city every day. And then he also had his real estate license. So he was going to the real estate office and doing his doing his work afterward. And then he also was studying um, um, college online at the University of Phoenix. So every day I would see my dad come home and study for his classes online till 11 p.m., And he's also trying to get me ready for bed, you know, making sure that I'm good for everything that I need. And I saw how hard he worked with just him. And, um, you know, so like just seeing that and um, just seeing that overall, I just felt like, how could I let this man down? Mm -hmm. So that really, that really, really like framed my determination. Yeah. Woo. One shout out to your pops. Tell him I got a red sock jersey if he wants. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let him know. Never go on it. <laughs> let him know. I'll send him a jersey ASAP for all the things he's been through. He, he need it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh-huh. No, but that's, yo, that's really beautiful. And I think, like, being able to have, like, examples of that is, like, really positive. Of seeing, like, how much someone's, like, grinding and how much that puts you on in a position to, like, want to, like, do the same things and, like, really... Right. So, and I, I know, like, I'm very similar in the sense of, like, my parents, I always saw them working. My dad specifically. My dad is, like, one of the biggest influences, even though I hate to admit it. I hate to admit it. Every time. <laughs> but he's one of my biggest influences. And a lot of, like, what I've seen in, in his grind and how he, like, has worked and has increased, like, his job and changed jobs and done so many different things. It also inspired me to, like, want to be like that. You know what I mean? And I think. For sure. The opposite side of that is I also can't even tell you how many times I've seen my dad cry. I can't tell you how many times I've seen my dad like really rest or take a break because he's just a workaholic. Like that's all he knows. And I think it almost put me in a position of me trying to like imitate him versus me Mm -hmm. being my own person and making something work within my own sphere. And I would say like to your point, even as like being an only child and not feeling like you had anyone to talk to, that I could relate to that because that was probably like my biggest struggle and like what honestly put me in a position to really struggle throughout my life and like battle with this idea of like not being worthy. Because I always, it's funny, like I've always tell my friends, like I never had that experience of like my father walking out and like me waiting at the door and him never coming back. But I always felt like that was like my friendship dynamic growing up when I was younger. It was like, I would have these people who I'm like, oh, you're my best friend because I didn't have siblings and I didn't have anybody who like, I felt close to. So I really would try to like hold on to them. And then they would like either forget about me or I was almost like second place in all these other people's lives when I was putting them in first place. 
So it like took me a while to like really learn how to almost like love myself and appreciate myself and put myself first before I put other people first. Right, right. And a lot of people like, a lot of people don't even, haven't even got there yet where they can relate their childhood traumas or situations to how they act now, which is why I always advocate for mental health because, you know, like a lot of stuff that I've learned um, about my childhood traumas, I learned through psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Like I learned to have someone connect the dots for me. And like, I finally was like, ah, so that's why I act like that in relationships because of this, you know, that I went through before. So mm-hmm. that's why I say it's so important because you never know what situations you went through as a child could be affecting you to this day. So I think I, I commend you for even being able to connect the dots for real. Yeah, it, it was definitely like a long time coming for sure. Like I've always been, because I've spent so much time alone, I've always been like very reflective. Sometimes for my, like, I, I didn't need to be as reflective. I think sometimes too much awareness is too much. But I think like now I'm starting to like really recognize the behaviors that mm-hmm. are coming from it. But now it's like the practice of doing better, which is always right. like, the difficult part. Like we always like, oh yeah, once you know it's easy. But it's like, nah, actually knowing and doing better, that's a that'd be the struggle. Whole another ball game. Oh, absolutely. So for you, like with kind of like understanding childhood, career, kind of where you are, like how are you even navigating like friendships and dating and all those different things? Oh, uh, well, I feel like my friend group is pretty solid, to be honest. Um so like all my so it's funny, one of my best friends has the same birthday as me. So we're literally like the same person. When's your birthday? Um, August 13th. Leo season. Oh, Lord. Oh, Leo. Oh. <laughs> I just I just posted on my story uh, a TikTok where they're like, everyone's saying, here comes those Leos acting like they never had a birthday. And what about it? And what about it? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Nah, yo, Leo, y'all, Leo women, oh, Lord. Uh, watch what you say. Watch what you say. Like, my mom is a Leo. Oh, I love that for you. However, <laughs> outside of her generation, the, the, the rest of y'all, Uh, What's your dad? What's his sign? He's a Scorpio. Shut the hell up. Okay, my dad is a Leo. My mom is a Scorpio. And there's something about that Leo mix. <laughs> that's something about that mix. It's just it's it's fire. I feel like it either works really well or just does it. Oh, that's funny. That's so funny. That's my sign. You're a Scorpio. Yep. Shut the hell up! <laughs> Get out of here, yo. <laughs> Scorpio, gay. What's up? See, that's why you came with that energy. That's exactly why you came with that energy. You know what? <laughs> Say no more. No more. Nah, first of all, first of all, first of all, before we get into any of the slander of Scorpio, Scorpio is the most wholesome sign. We're the most loving sign. We're loyal. We're passionate. We're going to hold you down. Like, come on. We top 10. Come on. You know, you know, I'm not going to complain too much. I'm not going to complain too much. My ex is a Scorpio, so I have to be very nice with what I say. Oh, see, look, um, you're already rocking with us. You're already rocking with the gang. Come on. I already been to the trenches. I already know what's up. <laughs> 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 and I came out on top. Hello. But um, but yeah, so as far as like friendships and dating, like my friendship circle is very, very solid. Um, you know, dating for me, my career has always been my priority. Mm-hmm. 
which is interesting because, you know, you see a lot of relationships where like men put their career first and the women are kind of the ones that um, end up being like second fiddle. Um, so for me, I always put my career first and that is my priority because I know that everything else will kind of fall in line. Mm -hmm. um, but there are definitely times where I have that fear of like being a very, very successful black woman and then not having anybody to share that with. So that is a real life fear. You know, I've seen Think Like a Man. I don't want to be Taraji P, you know, <laughs> all, like, all due respect, but I don't want to be Taraji P coming home every night and I don't have nobody to share um, yeah. you know, my success with. So that's something that I always keep in mind. But I do know that, like, as I continue to elevate in my career, mm. I'll be introduced to um different people who you know have the same goals as me and are more like-minded versus like dating in college where everyone's just trying to figure things out for themselves yeah no that's valid I was actually going to ask you about that like do you ever feel especially now like that you almost have to settle or like it's almost easier to settle versus kind of like hold on to the future um, just trying to get that's a good question um because I definitely don't like to settle um that's not really how I was raised especially because like how well my dad treated me so I always have that pedestal that's there where I'm like okay this is the standard you know like my dad would open car every car, car door for me still does you know yeah. like when we're walking on the street he walks on the outside of the sidewalk like little mental stuff like that, I always keep in mind when I'm out and I'm dating. Like if I, like I pay attention to that kind of stuff. Like if we're walking and you don't walk on the outside of the sidewalk, I'm going to deduct deduct two points from, from your game because mm -hmm. to me, that's really important. So keeping those core values as to what I expect from a man is something that I'll never, I'll never uh, just abandon. Yeah. Um, and like I said, like with, as my career takes new heights, I think that I'll, the dating pool just changes. Like even with location too, like I've been in New York for a year now and the dating pool in New York is so much different than the dating pool in Bristol, Connecticut. So <laughs> let alone the last year of my dating life has just been, for me, I feel like it blossomed because I started dating people who I actually felt like we're like-minded and yeah. have the same goals as me and we're on that trajectory the same way I am yeah no for one I'm I'm absolutely like team stick to your standard you know what I mean like the only thing that we're gonna ever the only way we're gonna ever get what we need is by holding strong to like what we need what we want what we're looking for and I think there's always like an expectation especially for black women to like date downwards and I'm mm -hmm. definitely team like hold on to your standard the bar is in hell when it comes to men, for sure. But it's like, <laughs> there are definitely like good ones out there. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just, I, I, I'm asking that almost kind of like to figure out for myself, kind of like how I navigate it too, because I, I'm, I'm in Lexington, Kentucky. Now, Bristol, Connecticut. I can imagine. Yeah, like if you, if you <laughs> Bristol, think of Kentucky. Right. And there's great people here. I don't want to take away from anybody. There's a lot of great people. However, to call a spade a spade, it's not right. that. Right. It's not the uh, highlight of dating. But I think, like, one thing that I'm constantly, like, battling with myself is, like, man, do you 
do you almost like lower your standard to get the experience or do you still stay strong and recognize like you're going to sacrifice the experience and you're going to have like lonely moments and lonely times but Mm -hmm. the future there's always going to be that potential in the next place you go and I feel like that's something I've always kind of like struggled with especially when it comes to dating because I feel like the timing and the locations that I've been have never been aligned yeah so that just means patience that's Mm -hmm. all it is yeah patience Woo! (laughs) (laughs) right that's what everyone wants to hear just wait your time is coming like time is coming now (laughs) (laughs) no but that's right how do you like being back in new york oh it's awesome it's so awesome like um i lived in florida for 10 years after i moved i moved from new york and i moved to tampa so then from tampa i went to school out at ucs and i stayed in orlando for a while and then I moved back up to Connecticut, and now I'm back in New Jersey, New, New York area, and it's amazing. My dad, and my little brother, and my stepmom, they live in New Jersey about 25 minutes away from me, and um, I'm in Jersey City, so I'm super close to the city where it's like I can commute into work every day, um, takes me less than an hour, and I can go out, have fun, like the dating life, the social life, everything is just better than where I came from. So, I mean, granted, it's more expensive. It is is a lot more expensive. So, um, you know, it's been a great challenge for me this past year um, as far as like just managing that balance between, okay, I know if I go out in the city, I have to be more responsible when it comes to drinking because I have to get back home um, or just not going to every single party, you know, Mm -hmm. like you have to be more buckled down um, and more focused because you have all these different options. And there's always a happy hour at this place and always a link up in Brooklyn and da 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 da. And like, you know, I've had to definitely sit my ass down and be like, Tatiana, you don't need to go out on a Wednesday night to tow. It's okay. You don't (laughs) need to go out because a promoter invites you. Like, and, yeah. you know, especially like New York's like Miami, it's like Vegas. If you're a pretty girl, you can pretty much go anywhere with lip gloss and an ID and have a great time. So I just have to, you know, make sure that I stay focused and I love being in the city. So I'm just a city girl, honestly. Yeah, that's dope. Fun fact. I've actually never been to New York. Never. Never. Not that's once. Crazy. And what's crazy is like I live right outside of Boston. So like that's a four hour drive. I've always it like, sounds like you meet, you'll be there in November for the game. Man, you gotta come. I, I might, I might take you up on that. I might take you. you up. Come. Absolutely. I mean, it'll be a really sad, quiet ride back home to Boston, but it's okay. It'll be, it'll be worth it. Why would, it, why would it be sad and quiet? Because what? that's really what happens when you lose. You know. I mean, you so just, like. But. Again, I guarantee <laughs> patients are beating the Giants. You heard it here first, people. But yeah, I'm sure that's the same thing Tom Brady said. Those Yo, two Super Bowls. Relax, relax, relax. relax. Chill, chill, okay. chill, 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 I'm, okay. st- I'm still healing from those, man. <laughs> <laughs> you tell you hitting trauma points. You triggering me. Relax. I'm still, <laughs> still healing. Like, don't even get me started about them Super Bowls. But it's funny, though, speaking of New York, I, it's on my list. So, again, like I told you, I want to be a talk show host. And then, of course, 
Kentucky is not really a place where it breeds talk show hosts. So like on my list of places to go, once I graduate with my PhD in May, is New mm -hmm. York, Atlanta, Charlotte, and LA. So there's definitely a chance. And I definitely got to go out and visit and get a feel for New York, but it's definitely on my list of places to go for sure, so. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you said Charlotte. I've been hearing a lot of people mention Charlotte lately as a place to be, so. So last, or a couple of weeks ago, um, me and my homeboys who like pretty much my production, team, I, the team in general, we went to Charlotte to work with a business. And I also got to shoot like a talk show episode with um, this dope businesswoman who's in sports. So I'm actually, I'll probably like connect y'all with because. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, but like just being in Charlotte. Yeah, they on the rise. They have like a different type of energy. There's a lot of creatives out there. A lot of people kind of moving. So it's it's for sure one of those places that's like on the rise. Yeah, um, it's funny because my dad actually uh, met with a realtor there and the realtor told him that every day, a hundred people move into Charlotte right now, oh, wow. literally. <laughs> that's how fast and how much it's growing. And ESPN actually has a branch down in Charlotte too that one of my colleagues is at. So I've always had interest in, uh, pulling out to Charlotte at some point too. Yeah, it's definitely dope. If you, we'll talk more for sure. And I'm gonna let you know, but like Charlotte for sure is dope. Um, speaking of ESPN, my question for you, like beyond ESPN and like what you're doing, what is your like overall dream or vision or like where do you see yourself doing? Well, it's funny because I definitely would not have thought that at the age of 25 that I would be at ESPN. So um, <laughs> before then, I definitely would have said, you know, ESPN is always the goal. Um, now that I am here and I am, am thriving yeah. and it'll be four years, it'll be four years in January, which is crazy to think of. Um, what's next for me is focusing on my true aspirations. And, you know, like similar to you, like I do want to be a host one day, like I'm blessed to be able to learn from Stephen A, learn from Molly and learn from people every day who just make TV great. And that is something that I aspire to do. I mean, I've always had the behind the scenes production um, standpoint, like down packed. And I've always played around with on camera stuff, whether that's the YouTube channel that I used to have back in the day or like my TikTok now. Um, but a lot of people that work with me, like always ask me like, hey, have you ever thought of being on camera or being talent? And um, I used to shy away from it and just say, no, not really. Like, I just want to focus on what I'm doing right now. Um, but now that I've got my feet wet, damn near dove, go right in. Um, I <laughs> pretty comfortable and I want to start like I, I owe it to myself I owe it to myself to stay true to what I really wanted as a young girl and as a young girl I used to watch Yankee games I used to see our post-game reporter Kimberly Jones on the sidelines talking to Derek Jeter talking to Jorge Posada and being there for those uh big moments where the Gatorade showers are coming that's something that when I grew up looking at that's what got me into journalism so I do owe it to 
my 10-year-old self to stay true to that and eventually branch off to that. So hopefully that will be next for me. Honestly, if I'm being... I don't think it's a hopefully thing. I think it definitely is going to is there. I have no doubt in my mind that you're gonna get there. And you, know you guarantee me? I guarantee <laughs> you gonna get there. But and you know what's crazy too? Like, especially especially because I know you're gonna be hating on my team. You're gonna be talking crazy about my team. I'll be mad as <laughs> hell. But at the same time, I'll be happy to be like, yo, the homie out there, she's shining. Let's go. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'll be <laughs> mad, though. Like, damn, stop talking. Ooh, get that Right, quick. like, somehow I'm not as bothered. Like, it coming from me, coming from versus somebody else like Skip Bayless. You know what? It sounds a little bit better when she says it yeah, for exactly. whatever reason. <laughs> it sounds better. It's still a little hated. I'm, I'm not going to take the wrong time. I'm be like, hey, chill out. Chill out on that analysis. But... Right. You know, I can yo for sure. I can see you definitely got like the energy, the personality for it, and I think like I, I'm a fan of just like dope people and like really amazing, genuine, kind-hearted people, and you are that 100. percent So it's like, you. oh, you're gonna be you for sure. Are gonna be great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, no <laughs> and no likewise, doubt. I mean, we've only been chatting for like however long now, and um. I can tell that just like your energy and just the way you speak, the way you carry yourself, like I think you have a bright future too. So Thank keep you. on, keep on staying, staying true to what you, what you want to do for sure. Oh, we we trying. It's it's ghetto out here. I'm telling you, life be life. <laughs> life be life. Um, my question for you though, and it's one of my like favorite questions to ask people. What is one thing that you accomplished and downplayed, um, but deserves to be celebrated? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, oh, let's see, let's Um, for me, it's pretty much whenever I get the chance to do something to be a pioneer. Mm -hmm. So when I say that, like in college, uh, I mentioned I was a part of our um, school of media. So we had our own sports show ran by students for students. Um, and we were all, we were a whole production staff. I mean, camera operators, producers, teleprompter, everything. And I hosted our first Black History Month episode. And it, we basically had an entire panel full of um, young Black students. And I was the host and that was the first one we ever did. And it was my idea. And then, like, even now to this day, what, uh, almost five years later, they're continuing that tradition of having a Black History Month episode where they do have an all-Black panel. And that, to me, is something that's probably not a big deal to many people because it didn't bring in any money. I didn't get, you know, any awards. But just being the person that pioneered that and spoke up to say this is something that we don't have and we do need um, is something that I continue on without my career at ESPN too because most times I am the only black woman in the room so just owning that and making a way for the people after me that is a big deal to me. I want to give you your flowers right now because as somebody who's on a college campus and I see a lot of the lack of diversity I see especially again University of Kentucky <laughs> lack of resources, lack of opportunities for Black students to be able to shine. Opportunity doesn't always come with a paycheck, but impact is always rewarded. 
And I, I would say like the impact that that has on so many different students, giving them an opportunity to even lock in and have a moment where they collectively can build something or create something that is meaningful to them is a beautiful and powerful thing. And like the fact that you was the pioneer of that, man, I need you to talk your shit a little bit more. <laughs> Talk your shit a little God, bit more. That's fire. Shy. That's <laughs> fire. Nah, that's fire. And that's so like it's crazy because there's there's gonna be people listening that be like, oh, why is that such a big deal? But it's like, yo, especially and you just said it, like in ESPN, there's spaces where you're still the only woman, right? There are spaces in a lot of industries where people are still the only black person, the only black woman, only black male. And to have an opportunity where you can work with people that look like you and have that support and have that network is like powerful. And like, yo, come on, Pioneer. Come on. Oh, I got to do it for us. No, that's what's up. I don't know. That's truly, truly amazing. And it's so, so necessary. Damn. I'm over here like, man, I could only imagine like how many people like look forward to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, we have to talk about like, especially at a PWI. I mean, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, talk about shit. All right, give us one more. Give us one more. Come on. One more. Um, I guess I can. Maybe something at ESPN. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. For something recent. Um. So recently, um, during the playoffs. So first take, obviously, like we're a big debate show. Um, that's the premise of our show. That's the entertainment portion of it. Um, and recently we brought on JJ Reddick. And JJ Reddick is like one of the smartest NBA minds that I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. And I pitched a segment for us to start breaking down game film on the show. And of course, like when I first pitched it, like whether it was colleagues, producers, whatever, like everyone kind of was like, oh, that's a cool idea. But we don't really think it'll work for first take because like, how's it going to involve Stephen A if he's not the one breaking down film and he's the star. So everything essentially has to like revolve around him. And um, I kind of got some pushback from it, but I continue to like work it out with the producers and be like, okay, well, this is how we can do it to make it work. And, you know, I think it's necessary because I don't just believe in entertaining our fans. I believe in making our fans smarter sports fans. So. You can't yo, say that one more time. Cause people, people <laughs> going to miss that. I, said, I don't believe in just entertaining our fans. I believe in making our fans big, better, smarter sports fans. A bar. So, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. so, like, when I tell you it was such a headache having to troubleshoot and work through um, getting the touchscreen to work, finding the right clips. Like, me and JJ would literally, like, I'd be contacting JJ right after a, like, a West Coast game that you know does not end until damn near 12 o'clock in the morning, texting JJ, hey, what clips do you want for tomorrow to use in the telestration? We're going to test it. Like, we would stay after the show, test out the telestrations, make sure that they work. And then finally, the playoffs came and we were able to use it. And he was able to break down like why Jokic was one of the best and skilled guards, um, well, skilled centers of all time. And he was able to use the telestration as a way to like debate his point. And that was the first time First Take has ever used telestration on a show. 
Um, like you'll see it on NFL Live, you'll see it on Get Up, um, you'll see it on NBA Today, but First Take has never done that. So um, after that, it just felt like, after, after JJ did it, other talent was like, wait a minute, we can do that on First Take now? We want to do it for football season. We want to do this and I want to do it. And like, how come nobody asked me to do a telestration? So other people were actually entertained and buying into it. But I just thought it was the fact that like, I came with an idea and it was outside the norm of what we usually do. And I still had to work through the hula hoops of getting it done. And to see it just like JJ did an amazing job. And uh, that was a that was a fun moment for me. I was just like, yeah, first take does illustrations now. What's up? Like <laughs> <laughs> you made it happen. Listen, 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 listen. Um, yo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> amazing. Like you are amazing. And I feel like that in itself should like be an example of like you can do anything you set your mind to. Cause I know like going through hula hoops and probably like going through different people and having to try to make that happen and then going through the technology, like a lot of that's frustrating. And a lot of people have been like, ah, fuck it. This is, this is too much. I'm done. I'm tired. But you like right. made it happen. And now it's, yo, in your own way, which is like crazy to even fathom in your own way, you, Tatiana, Sierra, left the legacy at first take. Like you impacted that in order, like a change that's going to be constant forever. You know what I mean? For as long as that show goes on. And that's, think of how many people have been a part of First Take. Not many can say they actually changed First Take. You can't, like, yo, come on. Right. This come is on. true. Hopefully more change to come. Cause man, I just feel like it's literally been a year for me. And, um, you know, like Stephen A, he has a lot of trust in me. And he respects my opinion. So the expen like the opportunities are gonna keep on coming and just the the ability to be able to create more stuff is gonna come. So I'm super excited for what this season has in store for us as a show, for sure. And I just wanna affirm you and let you know that like you you get it from a lot of people and like you deserve all all the love, all the support and in those rooms, like I know. As somebody who deals with like imposter syndrome and sometimes I'm like, damn, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know if I'm good enough. I just want you to know like you are beyond capable, beyond deserving. Your work is amazing. Your energy is incredible. <laughs> and even though you got some hating ass teams that I cannot stand, <laughs> you are absolutely like a, a gem, a dime in this world. Like you're incredible. And I'm so thankful for you even giving me the time to like really talk with you and chop it up with you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I didn't even ask you. I meant to ask you, like, how did you even come across me to even, like, approach me and ask me? Because I feel like you just kind of came out the blue. <laughs> hey, so I, I try to, like, intentionally use social media sometimes. And I'm always, mm -hmm. I feel like I wear a lot of different hats. And one of them is, like, talent scout. And I always try to look at people kind of like what they do. I came across your TikTok. And it was, ironically, it was talking about, um, if you're like talking to a guy and he's a supporter of Boston team, <laughs> and it made me laugh because I was like, ain't no fucking way. But it was funny. <laughs> and then from there, I just kind of like, oh man, this is like really cool. And she's really dope and she has like great energy. And then from there, I usually like check out people's like Instagram, check out and see kind of like the work that they did. And just, I'm telling you like the post that you talked about as far as like you taking multiple Ubers in order to make it work. 
to get to different jobs. Like people don't see the grind and people don't see the sacrifice, but you were proud of like what you did to get to where you are. Like that was the one that really spoke to me because I, I feel like as a creative, as an entrepreneur, as whatever we want to call it or title ourselves, there's so much that we put into our craft that's un unappreciated, that people don't see, that people don't recognize. And as somebody who understands that struggle, I always love giving flowers out to the people who are like really, really doing it. And you were one of the people who like real quick, I could tell like you absolutely deserve all the flowers that you get because you're what you're doing is amazing for sure. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to hear that because like sharing posts like that for me, every time I like hit share, I'm like, oh, did I say too much? Like being transparent and being vulnerable is something that like, um, like we said, like growing up only child kind of thing, like you struggle sometimes expressing yourself and being as honest and open. So the fact that like that moment of transparency, transparency from me um, had an impact on you and that like that's where we are today because mm -hmm. of that, like that makes me really happy. It makes me feel like I should continue to be very vulnerable too. Oh, so. please, please, please do. And it's funny too, because I, I love sports and I'm passionate about sports. And I think like being a host, there's, I'm going to talk about sports in different capacities. I'm not all the way in, but it still influences because I want to talk about life in general, mental health, healing, and all those different things. So of course, sports is kind of like an avenue into that. But I'll say recently, I've been really intentional in like who in sports I talk to because I mentored this girl, shout out to Lachelle, because I know she's listening because she's like, I sent her your page and she was like, oh my gosh, she is so amazing. I want to get to oh, it. Shout out to Lachelle. Yeah, like she <laughs> definitely is like one of those people who whenever uh, we're talking about just life and, and she's in college right now and she's trying to figure out how to get her foot in the door in different sports. And she's one of those people who I always send her people. And she also, she was the one who like co-signed you. She was like, yo, Nigel, like, what are you going to talk to her about? Oh my gosh, she's so cool. I'm going to email her. Like, um, so yeah, what you're doing is like really powerful and it doesn't just impact me. I say all I say, it doesn't just impact me. Like there's a lot of people looking up who you probably never even seen, never even heard, but like are paying attention to what you're doing and you're ideal. You are being a pioneer for so many. So it's just dope to like have this conversation with you and just to see like how great of a person you are. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And for sure, like any way I can help, like it's funny, um, real quick, I told my dad this story the other day. A girl from my softball team in middle school hit me up on Instagram the other day. And this is the first time I've talked to her probably since eighth grade. And she was like, hey, um, mind you, it was like in my request. So I like, went on my request and she was like, hey, you know, like I've seen you've been doing your thing. I'm really proud of you. Like my friend has a son who's applying for an internship there. Like, is there any like pointers you can give him or whatever? And I was like, hell yeah, girl. Like use me as your connection. Like me and you played softball together when we were in sixth and seventh and eighth grade. But yet 20 years later, whatever the case is, you still reached out to me because you saw that I'm doing my thing. Like I'm still a valid connect. Like feel free to use me as much as you can because that's why I'm here. So for sure, like anybody that you want to send my way, like I'm always um, open to doing interviews, always open to answering questions and just always being that peace of mind or someone that other people can relate to that look like me, especially. So I'm, I'm always all ears for anyone that wants to reach out. Yeah, she's amazing. 
<laughs> I just went, like, she's amazing. We, I can't even, like, there's nothing I can say. She's amazing. Thank you for being here. Where can people follow you at? Um, so you can follow me on TikTok, on Instagram, and I guess threads now, if that's still a thing. Um, <laughs> you can follow me at Tatiana Sierra, T-A-T-I-Y-N-A-S-I-E-R-R-A. And yeah, hit me up, slide in my DMs. You want to talk, you want to talk about sports, you want to talk about how ungreat my Giants might be this year without Saquon Barkley. You yep. want to talk mm -hmm. about whatever yep. the case is. Turn that up. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. Mike. I put the word Mike because you don't yeah. know what might happen. Training camp starts tomorrow. So we'll... But um, but yeah, I'm always open for questions and the chit chat. So hit me up. And then let, I just for everybody, just we're gonna double back on this bet. Y'all gonna definitely see because I oh, yeah. guarantee <laughs> gonna win. But to everybody listening, I appreciate y'all taking the time. Peace and love. I hope you have a great day, night, morning, or whatever time you're watching this. You know what I mean? Peace.